Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. Verse 17, And Isaac departed from there, and camped in the valley of Gerar, and settled there. Sometimes it's better to move on. It's not always a wise thing to go to war and to start the battle. It may be a big mistake. So he's chosen, I'll just move. Verse 18. Then Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the same names which his father had given them. So do you know what Isaac does after they're so cruel and they stop up his wells? He says, come on, boys, we're digging them back up. Get the shovels. We're going to put some hard work, some investment. We're going to rebuild the ancient wells of my father. I'm not giving up. We need this water. We must persevere and unclog and undam the water supplies and get the water back. And I'm giving them the same names, the same heritage my father named these wells. We're continuing in the Christian life, right? Maybe the world's like, abandon your parents, abandon their beliefs, run away from your Christian heritage. You know what they're doing to America? They're like, tear down the crosses, get rid of any Christian trappings, pull them down, destroy the monuments. But you know what a lot of Christians do? We raise them back up. We're putting the cross back up. We're taking our stand. We have rights too. This is our Christian nation, and we do not want to erase our Christian heritage. Take a stand, rebuild, unclog the wells. 19. But when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of flowing water, a new well, a special well, um, it's not a well of dead water, it's a well of flowing water, and we call this, and the name escapes me, artesian well. Thank you so much. Because it's like a bubbling well, it's like an underground flowing river, and it's fresh, and it's clean, and it's cold, and it's very valuable. The blessings of God. But the world is going to try to steal your blessings, right? Verse 20, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with the herdsmen of Isaac, saying, the water is ours. We want that artesian well. It's very valuable. It's the best, sweet, cold, delicious, flowing water. So he named the well Essex which translates contention because they contended with him. Sometimes you got to give some blessings away. 
Sometimes you got to give up things that are yours to make peace. Have you been there? Verse 21. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over it too. So he named it Sitna. And Sitna means strife. Boy, they just keep fighting over every blessing. They want to take every blessing God gives me. 22, he moved away from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he named it Rehoboth, for he said, at last the Lord has made room for us, and we will be fruitful in the land. So the last well, the idea, the name means kind of like a broad place. Now we got some elbow room. Look at it, it's spacious enough. We've moved farther away, and finally with this well, they're going to let it be ours. You want to fight your battles carefully. Sometimes it's just not worth it. And I think God has called us to be peacemakers. Didn't Jesus teach this? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God, the sons of God, right? So God's called us to peace. Now, sometimes the boss, the neighborhood, the next-door neighbor, uh, someone's going to go to war with you. And sometimes just give it to them. Just make peace. Try, try to work it out, because you start going to war, and it may never end, and you may never have peace. Man, I had one neighbor, an old neighbor, and the fence blew down, it was broke, and I thought, well, I'll be nice out of my own expense, I'll rebuild the fence out of my money, but I couldn't put it on the original foundation because of the cement uh, uh, posts, so I moved it over a couple inches onto their property because I had cement sidewalk on mine. And they waited for about a month for me to finish the entire fence. And then they met with me and said, you move that fence on our property. And I said, I'm sorry, but you know the cement and the post, and it's just a few inches. No, you got to put it right back on the exact property line. And I thought, this is going to cost time and money. And I, but I prayed. And I said, okay, I will. And they were shocked that I didn't go to war. And you know what my neighbors did? They came out and they helped me. <laughs> and we made peace. I had a, you know, sometimes you get neighbors they want to fight over the parking, the animals. I had another neighbor at another house where he likes walking his dog three o'clock in the morning uh, on my property line with his little dog, and then my big dog comes out at three in the morning and barks at him and his dog, and then he gets mad at me because my dog barked at him, but it's a guard dog, and it's three in the morning, and he wants to go to war. And then he reports my dog, and then the city sends me a fine. And the fines are going to increase. And then they're saying, you should have your dog have an operation where he cannot bark. And I'm like, he's my little baby. I can't take away his voice. He's a guard dog, you know. And I'm like, oh, geez, Lord, I don't want to go to war. And God worked it out where I was able to move, and now he's in a big open area. He could bark to his heart's content. None of the neighbors care, you know. But is it worth going to war? Sometimes 
they bury your blessings, you have to dig them up. Sometimes God gives you your blessings and they want to take them away. And sometimes God says, give it to them. Give them a gift. Didn't Jesus teach like, if your enemy is hungry, you feed him? And by showing kindness to him, you're like heaping coal on him or something, you know, hot coals. Sometimes you need to just give kindness and give a gift, and maybe they don't deserve it, and they're trying to steal it from you, and you say, you know what, I'll just give it to you. This is Isaac. He's giving away these wells. And you know what God's going to do for him? He's going to bless him all the more. And he's going to have a life of peace. There's not going to be any bloodshed. You ever get into a war and it mounts up and it gets worse and worse and the authorities and people are getting hurt and you're thinking, why did I even start this battle? Sometimes you got to walk away. Sometimes you got to give a peace offering, make a peace treaty. That's what I believe God would have you to do. Verse 23. Then he went up from there to Beersheba. The Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do you want God to appear to you? Ask him, seek him, obey him, and say, Jesus, reveal yourself to me, and he will. God appeared to Abraham, and he says, don't be afraid. I'm the God of your parent. Maybe you have Christian family. Maybe a grandmother, an uncle, maybe a parent, maybe a sibling, and they became a Christian, and you have a Christian heritage, and that can pass on to you. Maybe they've been witnessing to you. They want you to become a Christian, and finally you do. I'm the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear, for I am with you. But I'm so scared. I don't know what to do. I'm living in fear. When you become a Christian, you need not live and act in fear anymore. But why shouldn't I be afraid? Because if you're a Christian, Jesus is with you. The Holy Spirit is in you. God's presence, his angels, your guardian angel, they protect you. You need not be afraid anymore. Instead of acting out in fear, you need to act out in faith. It's a big change. I will bless you and multiply your descendants. For the sake of my servant Abraham, God wants to bless you. He really doesn't want to curse you. It's the devil who curses, right? But can I warn you, if you turn against Christ, if you blaspheme him and you denounce him and you become Jesus' enemy, he can be your worst nightmare. But if you love him and serve him, he can be your best friend. But you choose. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you because of the promises I made to your daddy. Sometimes you're blessed because your parents were Christian. 
Sometimes you're blessed because God promised your grandparents he would take care of their grandkids because they prayed for you, right? So the blessings pass on to the next generation. Verse 25, so he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord, and he pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants dug a well. They keep striking more water. I think God's returning the blessings that the enemy took away. You need to build an altar, an altar to Jesus. You need to call upon his name and say, Lord Jesus Christ, when I'm real serious with him, I use his full title, Lord Jesus Christ, hear my prayer. Help me. What is an altar? It's a place where you pray, you commune, you worship, and you sacrifice, and you give to the Lord. Do you have an altar? Jesus said to make your closet an altar. A prayer altar where you go and you shut the door behind you and you pray to your Father in heaven in secret. And he'll hear you and he'll reward you, yes? Do you have a place where you commune with God, you have a quiet time, you get away from the world, and you pitch your tent next to God? Make peace with your neighbors your opponents, and yes, even your arch rivals. <laughs> 26. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with his advisor Ahuzath and Phicol, the commander of his army. Kings are powerful. He just so happens to bring his advisor and his general of his mighty army. I think maybe some intimidation. I hate those kind of meetings. 27. Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me? Since you hate me and have sent me away from you, what do you want now? I gave you everything you want. I gave you the wells. I moved away. Why are you bothering me? I know you really hate me. Sometimes we can be frank and honest, get to the point, right? 28. They said, we see plainly that the Lord has been with you. So we said, let there now be an oath between us, even between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you. 29. That you will do us no harm just as we have not touched you and have done to you nothing but good and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. You know, we've always been nice to you. Wasn't it like the stepmother says that to the stepdaughter? You always hated me. Was it Cinderella or something? You always hated me and made me clean the chimney and you just... Were cruel to me. Oh, but now you're the princess. Yeah, we've got to be nice to you because you could chop off our heads. You know, sometimes you have enemies and now they're kissing up to you because they're afraid of you. They're afraid of you because they know God's hand and protection and blessing is on him and he may curse them. They're afraid of you because you've become the boss. 
You're bigger, you're richer, you're powerful. You've got the blessings of God on your side. And this wicked, worldly king realizes, I better make peace, because this can come back to bite me. So I'm going to make a peace treaty. Verse 30. Then he made them a feast, a peace meal. Okay, stay over for dinner. Isaac is being gracious, and they ate and drank. 31, in the morning they arose early and exchanged oaths. Then Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. Do you have an arch enemy? Do you have a neighbor that just drives you up the wall? Do you have a fellow employee, and they just make your life miserable at work? That school kid, that bully that called you those names, and then they come back into your life, you know. Maybe a relative, and you see them at some family gathering. And what does God say? Make peace. A peace meal, a peace treaty. Do it in Jesus' name. And finally bring peace to the situation. Let it go. The past, the anger, the revenge, the hatred. And be free. Because when you unlock the prison from them, the prison of anger and hatred, God sets you free. An old pastor who did me in as the associate pastor from one of the Calvary chapels and kind of pushed me out. Actually, I had quit the church and I told them I'm going to Bible college because if I told the church what the pastor had done to me, they would have split the church and I thought, no, we need peace. So I just left. I just told the whole church, no, I'm just leaving because God's calling me to Bible college. But I knew what he did to me. Later, years later, the anger, the hurt, the pain, I saw him at this big conference. And he was like sitting right in front of me. And I'm like, oh, Lord, my greatest nightmare has come true, you know. And God's like, yeah, you're going to go up to him and hug him and you're going to forgive him, and you're going to let it go. No. <laughs> I did. I let it go, and I was set free. 32. Now it came about on the same day that Isaac's servants came in and told him about the well which they had dug. And they said to him, we have found water. You see, every time he keeps doing the right thing, he gets blessed again. More water, more water, more supplies, more blessings. When you do the right thing, when you give it away, when you make peace, when you forgive, the blessings of God pour upon you, overflowing, do you see it? And God will give you more than what you need. 33, so he came to Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. And Beersheba is related to making an oath and seven wells. Beersheba, this is where he sets up camp. 34, when Esau was 40 years old, so this is now we're going to the brother, 
the one that God has rejected. Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. I choose Jacob and I reject Esau and we're going to see why. Verse 34, when Esau was 40 years old, he married Judith, the daughter of Beeri, the Hittite, and Basemath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and they brought grief to Isaac and Rebekah. He marries the worldly women. He starts off polygamous with multiple wives, and he adds more on. And he's outside the covenant. He's not the one that God has chosen. Now, what does all this mean? What are we to do with this chapter? To receive Jesus' blessings. You need to go to the very source of the blessings. You need to go through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and get straight to Jesus. He's their descendant, you know. And he is the very fountainhead, the very source of the spring of all God's blessings. If you get Jesus, you've hit the bumper crop. You've struck it rich. You've hit the gold vein. Eureka, I found it. You've struck water. You've hit the blessings of God. If you get Jesus, you get it all. Life now, life abundantly, and life eternally. And yes, your body gets resurrected from the grave, and you get the riches, the royalty, the blessings of God for all eternity. Stay under the spout where the blessings come out. Walk with Jesus, and you will experience showers of blessing. I have to tell you a secret about one of these wells that uh, Jacob had dug. You know, these wells would last for centuries, sometimes millenniums. You can even go to some of these ancient wells. They still exist today. And so many years later, Jesus comes to one of the wells of Jacob. And he's sitting, and he waits for the Samaritan woman, the woman at the well. And he witnesses to her, and she tells him, Oh, you know, we got this well from our fathers. From our forefathers, you know, the great patriarchs, they dug these wells and they gave these wells to us. And Jesus is like, well, let me tell you about the source of the well. You know, you give me water, you come here for water, but you thirst again. But I got to tell you about a greater source, a bigger well, water that is eternal. And we see this John 414. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him shall never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. The greatest well of all, the best water of, of all time is the Lord Jesus Christ. 
He will truly satisfy you. Get God's blessings. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, be our well of living water. Give us, Holy Spirit, even a well within our souls. Give us the water that quenches our thirst forever. We want living water. We want to see the waters of heaven, the healing waters. Jesus, be our source, be our fountainhead, our waterfall of blessings. May we walk with you. May we sense your presence, your protection, your provision, and may we stop being afraid because we put our trust in you. We pray always in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.